And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 89, recorded on April 16th, 2011. You asked for it. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad philosophy. Upsetting your balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. We're back for episode 89, everyone, and uh, I want you to give a hearty, warm welcome back to uh, one of our favorite guests on the show. That is Dr. Mark Webb. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Webb. Thank you. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. Uh, once again, Dr. Webb, you're coming all the way from, uh, from dry and windy Lubbock, Texas, right? And dirty. Don't forget dirty. Oh, right. That's uh, the the uh, mud rain, right? Exactly. Yeah. Have you had any of that yet this year? No, no. It's too dry. Too, too dry. Oh, but I have wow. a nice layer of brown dust all over me all the time oh, now. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, is it starting to, uh, the, the student population starting to shift over into the... Uh, the uh, nice what, what what do they call that uh, that water park next to the rec center that's not really a water park <laughs> yeah the uh, uh what recreational pool i think they call it oh really that's i thought there was a better name for it but yeah leisure pool. the leisure, leisure pool. pool thank you You're yes watching. which for some yeah. reason when i first heard the name reminded me of uh, leisure suit larry you know the, the classic <laughs> <laughs> series of uh video games but now, there's an obscure 80s <laughs> reference <Yeah. laughs> Was it 80s? Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, maybe. I wasn't so I even know. born when the first one came out, but I do know about them. Shut up. Anyways, oh, <laughs> and uh, here to join us as well, yes, someone who was alive when uh, the first one came out, Kiki Cannon. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> uh, yay. Oh, thank you. Oh, so nice. Uh, coming from um, a little bit wetter, but uh, also dirty. Uh, actually, Chicago, actually right? snowing. Sno- snowing in... We had snow oh, today. In April. Because... Yankee Land is crazy. That's what's, what's that so they say? <laughs> what's that they say about April snow showers? Oh, that's right, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm sorry about that, but um, maybe you should maybe you should pray for uh, better weather, uh, because oh. on this <laughs> there we go, my first lame segue of the day. I liked it. Should we call it, is it like a like a lame way or a. Like uh, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying a to come up lame. a seg lame. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to come up with a a bad philosophyism. Um, you know, hello every welcome or form squeeze moment for that 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 I do so often. But uh, let's just go right into it. Um, we're going to talk about prayer today, and uh, you know, praying for things other than the weather. Although that's what probably most people do pray about. Uh, and this. Since we have you here, Dr. Webb, being a philosopher of religion, why don't you just, you know, go ahead and open it up for us. Uh, What the hell is prayer, and can we even uh, nail it down to a definition? Uh, no. Okay, well, let's let's just move on then. All right. Episode 90, everyone, we're going to talk about uh, ducks. (laughs) Aren't they smooth? No, um, anyways... Kim, well, let, let's just try to get sort of an idea around it. Um, if you had to, to describe prayer in a tweet, what would you say? I, I would say prayer co- uh, consists of communication with a divinity. Nice. And uh, I was trying to trying to trying to include 
uh, you know, in, in uh, Christianity and Judaism and Islam, there's this sort of direct asking for stuff. And uh, also, I don't know, I suppose, thanking and praising and other sorts of speech acts uh, directed at God. Uh, in other traditions, it's not quite the same thing, but there's something similar going on. So, you know, when you're when you're uh, in front of an image of the Buddha, you know, uh, expressing your hopes and wishes and whatnot, you're not exactly praying to him, but it's something close enough, I think, that hmm. I don't know So it's some sort of attempt at uh, opening yourself up to whatever it is you think is out there and is important and yeah, it's it's sort of this idea of um, you know communication with the the deity or the the power that um, that one recognizes. Uh, the, the you know trying to have some sort of a, a conversation, even if it is uh, sort of one way. Uh, I think yeah. what we mainly associate it with is that the kind of Western or Christian um, or I don't know Abrahamic idea of prayer, where you're you know asking for something uh, from God, you know thanking Him, praising Him. And then, you know, requesting for something. <laughs> right, right, right. Sort I of like... That's normal home, right? Yeah. Right around there, so... Now, um, there are some interesting philosophical problems with this idea. Um, you, you mentioned one in, in pre-show, and I'd like you to kind of, kind of reiterate it here. Okay. Uh, it's generally called the problem of petitionary prayer. So, you know, you're focusing in on the asking for something uh, kind of prayer. And... Um, the religions that that practice this also believe in a God who is omniscient and all powerful and perfectly good, uh, and all kinds of problems arise when you put those three things together. Mm. And one of them is, if He's all powerful and all knowing and perfectly good, then why ask Him for anything? If you ask for something and it's good for you, you should be getting it already. If you ask for something and it's bad for you, then you should not be getting it, even if you ask for it. So there's just no role for asking in here. Everything should be sort of taken care of already. Yeah, I mean, and that that seems like you know it completely defeats the idea of prayer. But uh, you know, one thing I um, I kind of recognize immediately off of that as well. Okay, so one of our assumptions is that um, not only that God is perfectly good, but He will give everyone what is good for them uh, without prayer. I mean, that's, isn't that kind of one of the assumptions? Well, yeah. I mean, it's if you were you know if you were a parent uh, and you knew your children were hungry, you wouldn't wait for them to ask for food mm -hmm. and uh, let them you know let them suffer, get sick, and die. I mean, if they need food, you give them food. Right. And it sort of, I guess, assumes that God is is kind of that parental figure, as he is portrayed, you know, very often in the the, the texts of these religions. I just, I kind of wonder, like, it's it's one of those it's one of those ontological arguments, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that you know, just depending on how you set your definitions up is going to pretty much determine how your argument's going to go. Um, but it's it, it certainly does seem to be the case that that uh, folks do believe in that sort of uh, a god and uh, and that for you know for most of them yeah that's that's going to be the case that prayer really isn't that effectual when it comes right down to it so what's what's another purpose that it might have then uh, at least in the context of the Abrahamic religions you know why why pray then yeah well there is this uh, there there there's these other kinds of communication right you might you might uh pray to thank God for something or you might pray to praise God for mm. his great glorious attributes or 
or whatever. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think I, I was referring before to uh, this article I read a long time ago by Eleanor Stump uh, called The Problem of Petitionary Prayer. And uh, she pointed out something I thought was kind of interesting, and it does, I think, make some room even for asking for stuff. Uh, she pointed out that whether or not something is good for you might in part depend on whether you ask for it. Ooh. So, example. I, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try to think of an example. I mean, you wouldn't let your children starve or, you know, get sick or whatever. But you might, uh, you know, say your kid wants a... Uh, uh, I don't know, a BB Pony. gun. <laughs> oh, you went, you went for the masculine one. I, I went the other direction. <laughs> I, I was thinking back to my own childhood, you know, uh, what I feel deprived of. Yep. Uh, don't be reading anything into that, uh, folks. That's completely <laughs> just, I, I happen to see it on a book somewhere. That's it's too late. It's out there. <laughs> I still want one. <laughs> no, anyways, continue. Ballet lessons, or you know, whatever you might, you might say, uh, and pink toes, part pink of toenails. What, yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish you, I wish we had video. I'm, I'm, I have painted my nail, uh, poison apple red. Whoa! For, First rabbit trail. There to be with that kid. Oh, I, I really want to, uh, want to rabbit trail on this. So every, everyone here has yeah. seen the the J Crew kid stuff, right? No. Um. You have you, Kiki? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that. Uh, Pink Toenail Day is coming up. Really? Somebody has started it to uh, to sort of celebrate the the controversy there. Yeah, <laughs> you sell this too, Doctor Webb, right? Count me in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Pink oh, Toenail I, Polish Day. I don't have any neon pink, but I think I could probably find some. Oh, it's gonna sell out everywhere. It's got to. May 9th. <laughs> May 9th? Okay. It's I mean, kind of arbitrary, but okay. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> what else is there? That's a, oh man, that's a topic for a whole nother day, I think. But yeah, that's uh I, I saw it on the Daily Show the other night and uh, it was just a perfect venue for something like that because his, you know, he plays the footage of, of the sort of news response to all of this and, and just, you know, without a comeback or anything, he's just like, really? <laughs> Which is exactly the response that any intelligent human being should have to this, <laughs> to all yeah. of the controversy over this. It's like, seriously, that's that's what that's what you chose to talk about. That this complete non-issue. Uh, but I think you know it's a good idea to do a, a kind of a pink toenail day to just sort of you know respond back to the the media's sensationalism and be like, hey, you know what? Pfft, why not? <laughs> Let's everybody. Let's just bend our genders all over the front pages. You know, I think I remember John Stewart saying way back in the beginning when he took over the show that he also he wanted to do another show where all he did was show news clips, and and then look incredulous. Yeah, that's, that's really all you had to do. It's, it, it really was, is. Yeah, seriously or something like, like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of all he does right? now, but <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think when he doesn't have a better joke, that's that's kind of what he defaults to. But it still works, yeah. you know, because honestly, that that is the best response, or really the only response you can make in most cases. Because when you try to engage any of the this these stories in a you know an intelligent uh, comeback, it just legit legitimizes the uh, the story in the first place. So yeah. Um, anyways, maybe uh, maybe we can get back on the prayer topic here. Let's see what what uh, 
I don't even know how we got here, but anyways. <laughs> uh, oh, I, yeah, I was trying to think of something. To oh, do with, example, you know, yeah. Yeah, so you might think that, uh, say, let's try something more neutral, piano lessons. Mm. <laughs> you might know your kid wants piano lessons, uh, but you might think uh, he's not, he or she's not committed enough to it until he or she shows it by saying, uh, uh, this is what I want. Okay. Uh, so it might be that asking is itself a sign that. Now, okay. But, See, but I like that. Here's, here's back with the problem of omniscience. If, if you are already going to show your commitment by asking for it, God would have already known you were committed to it and would have given it to you anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean that's, yeah. that's that is the problem of an omniscient deity. I mean, it, yeah. it kind of can all loop back into the same thing. Yep, yep. I think you're right. Yeah. So, so let's see what what sort of um, differences arise between the the types of prayer in other religions. Then, you know, what sort of concepts of prayer exist? Uh, like you sort of touched on the the Buddhist one, but what what other uh, variations are there among the other religions? Well, I'm thinking, you know. Uh, when you talk about the the five pillars of Islam and one of them is prayer, you know, mm -hmm. that's not the kind of prayer they're talking about there. The thing they do five times a day is more like worship. Yeah. Right? There is speaking to God involved in it, but there's no asking for anything. It's, But it's really more like worship because it's uh, uh, set phrases and, and memorized things you recite. And, mm -hmm. and it's not really about... Uh, asking for anything, it's still communicating with God because you know you always say, "Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar," and uh, but it, but know. it's more it, it's more um, it's more one way. It's just you know yeah. you kind of you you worshiping. You say, "Hey, you know God, you're you're a pretty good guy." Eh? You know, yeah, yeah, we like you. We yeah. like you, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much so that we're gonna, you know, say it a lot. <laughs> think, Shout it know, from the towers. Yeah. You you probably know more about this than I do, but I think a lot of the Jewish prayers are that way too. They're so 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 sort of standardized that it's uh, it's a matter of. Uh, um, oh yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. a. a Plug and play, uh, plug and pray, as it were. Well, like the blessings. <laughs> is is there a blessing for the czar? Yes. God yes. Bless and keep him far away from us. <laughs> yeah. yeah sort of stuff, there's sort of requests get sort of built in there in some yeah. ways, but there's always there's always kind of a formula for how to do it. You know. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, more about, it's more about sort of reminding you to be thankful for things. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, a lot of freeform prayer. That's that's very much a Christian thing, I think. Yeah. Um, but in uh, so let's go let's go off the the Abrahamic face. Then uh, what sort of um, what sort of form does prayer take in uh, the Eastern religions? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> or does it <laughs> even? Well, you know, from what I know, I actually know very little about how things are practiced. You know, to use the well-worn phrase on the ground. Uh, <laughs> I hate that, uh, but uh, you, you know what I've seen of uh, Buddhism and Taoism. Uh, it's a lot more like uh, it's more like the Islamic model, I think. Really, uh, there is actually petitioning the Buddha for stuff, though. I mean, people do ask the Buddha for stuff. Dear uh, Buddha, I want a plastic rocket ship and a pony and one of those. Little, sorry, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> 
<laughs> in this life or my hundredth. <laughs> well, you know, the, the bald happy Buddha does look kind of like Santa Claus. He does, so yeah. Go in there. Oh, that'd be an interesting mashup. Probably been done. Buddha Claus. <laughs> probably has. Shimmying down your chimney for a thousand generations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, okay. So, so it, it, but it sounds like it doesn't really take the, the same sort of form. I mean, there's, there's certainly worship in the, the Eastern religions as well. I mean, there's... Uh, yeah. And there's, there's stuff they call prayers that you say, but it's, yeah. it's the same sort of stylized, uh, you know... Um, I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha, you know, and you're yeah. not really telling anybody anything, you're just sort of repeating something for the sake of uh, of uh, expressing a commitment, I guess. <laughs> you, uh, you, I really wish you could partake in this, uh, Dr. Webb, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to send it to you, but there actually, there actually is a, uh, a Buddha Claus comic that, uh, that Kiki has found here. Um, I have to see it. It's uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link too. But it, it is essentially for, for our uh, our listeners. It is essentially you know just what you would imagine a uh, a Buddha wearing a Santa Claus outfit, uh, and then a couple of kids saying, "Yeah, yay! Just what I always wanted. Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much how um, <clears throat> how it would go. <laughs> and uh, well, I think. I think the thing we've kind of overlooked here, like we've, we've overlooked the, I mean, we've looked into, you know, kind of what role does it take in the context of the religion, but I think in the context of just reality, I think it's just more that, that this sort of petitionary prayer is there to make us feel better, us feel more interactive with religion. As yeah, humans. well, I, and, and I was getting there. Thanks, thanks for anticipating me, Kiki. Um, Always. But I, I guess we might as well start talking about it now, since you, uh, <clears throat> you know, skipped that level. Uh, but oh, yeah, well, whatever. I, and, and certainly, yeah, the the, the therapeutic uh, concept of prayer is another one that that I think um, a lot of people ascribe to. It's like, well, okay, you know, the point of prayer isn't so much to literally ask God for something, uh, expecting you to get it. It's sort of to make us, you know, get our issues out or, you know, talk with someone who, you know, we, who might have power over us or something. You know, it's just so, sort of to, to, to talk out our problems. Um, but it, it seems to me, and, and I know most practitioners of any, any uh, prayer, including religion, will say kind of that, well, that, that belittles the, the concept of prayer. You know, though it may be true, that's what goes on. It's certainly not what the religion is about, and not what the religion um, thinks that prayer is about. Wouldn't you say, Doctor Webb? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, and it's sort of funny that uh, it, people who people who are sort of trying to be friendly to religion, just trying to come up with this sort of common ground, and so they come up with this other description of what the religious people believe or do. But it cuts out the core of what's important to it for the religious people. Yeah, precisely. Say, oh, prayer is great because you're sort of opening yourself to the po- infinite possibilities. No, I'm not. I'm talking to God. You know? <laughs> yeah, and uh, what I'm doing. <laughs> some people certainly do uh, do believe just that. Uh, we'll we'll include the YouTube video in uh, in the link in the show notes. But um, there apparently was uh, Kiki. You were telling us about before the show. There was a uh, a girl who here in America. Uh, prayed for like the uh, the death and destruction of of atheists well, and 
believed that she brought about the uh, the Japanese earthquake. Yeah, well, it was it was not so much the death and destruction. She was she was praying, according to her, that all of those who were not of Christian faith and I suppose Catholicism specifically mm-hmm. um, would have their eyes opened to the the wonderful power of God, and that was her like thing she was going to do over Lent. You know, like her her promise to God over Lent was that she was going to, you know, try to make sure these, you know. And she claimed like, you know, oh, and look, one or two days into Lent, you know, the Japanese get this earthquake and now they can see the wonderful, awesome power of God. And oh, God, you are so great. And it just, it was sickening. I mean, just absolutely horrific. And she was so happy about it. So, I mean, so here's, just, yeah. just the joy in her eyes is terrifying, <laughs> you know, as you watch it. And that sort of gets at another, uh, another aspect of this petitionary prayer thing. Uh, some people do ask for, you know, things that we would consider immoral or, uh, you know, acts of uh, immorality for sure. Uh, you know, th- th- that prayer is almost a zero-sum game. You know, you're, you're, in order for you to have something, you're praying that God take it away from somebody else. It's, a, it's a, sort of like the, um, the Jonathan Colton song, uh, Gambler's Prayer, where he's is essentially yeah. praying that, uh, that God will help him take money from his friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's sort of you know people pray for their team to win in a in a football game, and you know they pray for uh, you know the government not to take their house when you know that would mean uh, depriving others of, of funding and, and things like that. And uh, there's sort of this idea that you know prayer almost turns into an expression of um, selfishness uh, too often, and and that video is certainly the case. Um, Dr. Webb, how how would how are we to respond to that? I mean, if it's within the context of the religion, you know, can someone be wrongful in their in their prayers? Gee, that's a good one. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you know, I mean, I'm thinking of uh, uh, I'm thinking of uh, you know people that you know pray for other people's death or pray for people to get sick or mm-hmm. it's I mean I think it seems to me even if uh, you believe that their religious view is correct, they got the right God and everything, they got the right address they're sending the message <laughs> to, then it's still, there's got to be some stuff that's out of bounds. You know, you right. <laughs> oh, yeah, Virginia just reminded me that there was the, the Tammy, uh, Tammy Faye Baker once said, uh, talking, this is, you know, in the, uh, just when, she and her husband were just getting busted for all their excesses and abuse of money and all that. She said, "If you if you uh, uh, if you want to pray for a Winnebago, pray for a Winnebago, and if you want a pink one, pray for a pink one." And she really thought that was uh, nothing wrong with that. Of course, bilking you know old ladies out of their social security money on, in her televangelism stuff. It's horrifying. Yeah. There's this group also, This I'm also thinking of Repent Amarillo. I don't know if you heard about them. No. Amarillo is the um, the Lubbock of the North. No, it's a, <laughs> it's about, uh, what, 120 miles north of Lubbock, and it's very much like Lubbock. And there's a group there called Repent Amarillo, which actually has a map of Amarillo with places that you're supposed to target with your prayer. Wow. Marked. And they're color-coded, right? So you can pray... 
for the destruction of adult businesses or you can pray for the destruction of idol worshiping places like the Buddhist temple there. Uh, yeah. For the destruction of churches that are in error, right? They're teaching heresy. And they actually go out in groups and stand outside these places with their Bibles and pray out loud. Uh, right, because, you know, if, if they don't go to the actual place, God might not be sure exactly where they were referring to in the prayer, you, you know. got to help him with the target. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of like the, you know, the resolution of the GPS signal, as it were, you yeah. <laughs> In this case, it would be PPS, I guess, you know, prayer positioning, whatever. I'm trying, I'm running out of prayer puns here. There's an idea whose time is and gone. Oops, yeah. there it was. Yep. Um, but this, if I could figure out how to send you the link, I would send you the link to Repent Amarillo's website. Did but, you, uh, I, you know, I tried to send it to, to you individually in the, in the chat window here, but um, I don't think it went through. Anyways, um, I got the yeah, I got the Buddha clause one. <laughs> oh well, send me send me it back in that chat window then. So how do you do that? Um, just I'm copy so... the link from uh, from your web browser and then paste it into the uh, the chat window or <laughs> into the chat window. Nothing's yeah. happening. Um, there should be maybe like a little uh, little white rectangle at the bottom there. That's uh, that's like where you put in text. Oh, that's the chat window. Oh, okay. okay. Ah, I see. Yep. Mark Webb is typing. Yep. And He's prepared and... to be horrified. Woo! All right, and it went through. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to uh, Technology Tutorials One Hundred and One. <laughs> Next week, clicking on the maximize button. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Write this one down. Uh, yeah, so here we go. And, uh, and Kiki, I'll repost it into the uh, into the main window here for you. Um, well, I mean, it's but, just I, you know, I remember things. I I grew up in you know a very strict, uh, very conservative Christian, uh, Protestant, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, pretty redneck, yeah, area, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it a word. But you know, but remembering, you know, remembering the the things I always remember less the things that we thought were Sorry, I just I couldn't help myself. The first headline I saw when I went to this website was that God does not allow dual citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not the nuttiest thing you'll find on their website. <laughs> oh, this this is they claim to close down some sex clubs. Uh, really? Mm, yeah. Wow, by the so power, I think by the power of prayer and uh, legal action. Yeah, judicious <laughs> use of the legal system. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. So, what about these? Uh, what about these studies that have been done that show that uh, that prayer increases the likelihood that uh, that terminally ill patients will survive? What about that? What about the evidence? Yeah, that's. <laughs> You would go to the evidence. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Evidence and religion? Are you crazy? That doesn't fit together. Um, I think a lot of the studies are just badly done. I mean, a lot of there there are studies on the sort of supposed to be comparative studies on the efficacy of prayer. You know, we'll pray for people in this hospital and mm -hmm. not in that hospital, and people in this hospital get better. But I think most of those are badly designed. Uh, but if you're talking about I think there is evidence that um, people with uh, religious faith live a little longer and tend to be a little healthier. Yeah. Maybe, a, but, you know, I want to say, okay, so if self-deception prolongs your life, 
is still self-deception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it's it's more the placebo effect. They did a, a study where there were groups, they gave names of patients yeah. to um, to various church groups and had them pray for them. Um, and they did it, they had some patients knew they were being prayed for, some patients were told they weren't in the praying for group, and then they had some patients that just didn't know either way. Uh, yeah. um, and they found that the people who were told they were being prayed for experienced a bit of a placebo effect where they thought they were going to get better, but in the two control groups, or the, the people who who were told they weren't being prayed for and the people who didn't know either way, uh, experienced, you know, no effect, hmm. either <laughs> negative or positive. That sounds um, like you're definitive. I mean, that yeah. sounds like it's probative. And, and yeah. I love, I love they. I mean, they do so many great things. Um, you know, I know. They, I'm, I'm all for they. They are just one of the most, uh, you know, powerful organizations. I mean, you know, they really do everything. And you know, whenever, whenever we're looking for for evidence, I mean, they come through. Shut up! Like they are a red. I mean, they're great. I really, <laughs> I really want to know where they are based. I mean, who's funding them? Um, they must be getting so <laughs> them. Oh, that's, those guys. Yeah. How how could I be have been so naive? Uh, no, I kid, Kiki. But yes, I, I am I am familiar with that study. I don't know who they are precisely, but I know that is um, is a legit study. Um, came up in actually one of uh, one of the books that you assigned to us, Doctor Webb. I think so, so somewhere back there, you know. Wow. Maybe it was Zagzebski. I, I don't know, but <clears throat> Zagzebski. I still can't say that damn name. Zagzebski. Yeah, she, she took her fifteen years to learn how to say her name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so okay, we, we've determined then that uh, that prayer is is completely a psychological thing and only beneficial because of the human brain's ability to deceive itself. So what's the point? <laughs> I I don't know. I guess we're done. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> no, nah, I mean we've yeah we've kind of shown it to be well, but I'm I'm kind of serious. Like even with all of this, um, even with all of this out there, sort of you know for for folks to find um, you know all the the kind of controversy and arguments you might bring up against it, a hell of a lot of people still pray every single day. And, uh, you know, really believe that they're, they're having some sort of effect either on their own lives or on, on others. So it's, it's uh, you know, and it's something that we sort of developed, right? If you sort of ascribe to the, uh, to the Dawkins theory of, um, of evolution, that, that this sort of meme of prayer, uh, along with religion itself, is just one of those things that we've kept around for one reason or another. Why? <laughs> well, I, th I, think it, I think you're right. I think it is a meme. I mean, I think it's it's something that you get told to do, you know, when you're little. Mm -hmm. If you if you grow up in one of these faiths, and I think it's a it's a it's a habit eventually. I mean, I know for for me it was even even after you know I kind of accepted that I was atheist and that I you know I I really hadn't believed in in quite a while. Um, I still occasionally find myself reflexively at night wanting to pray to a deity I don't even believe in. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that you get in, into the habit, and it's, it's very difficult to break. Yeah, if, it, if it's a successful meme, it's got to have some kind of payoff. That's what makes memes successful. So Yeah. 
got to do something for people. Well, you know, you know, back to the back to the eastern side of the world. Um, there's um, actually no. I guess this occurs in in Western mystical theology too. There's something that the the Catholic mystical theologian, theologians call uh, um, the prayer of unity, and it looks an awful lot like what Buddhists call meditation. Mm. And then there's on the, the Buddhists have a kind of meditation, uh, which is sort of for real rank beginners, which is chanting, and it's chanting of things that sound an awful lot like prayers. Hmm. And, and so that you know they had this use of mantras, uh, which sound like they're addressed to somebody. So I think there's a, there's a there is this kind of overlap, and there's a common core where the idea is. You're supposed to be working on your own state of mind, right? That's the point of it. So, you know, your average Christian who's praying for his pink Winnebago is going to say, no, I'm not working on my mind. <laughs> but there will be those who say, you know, I'm, I am engaged in prayer to God in order to become a better person. Mm -hmm. right? I'm working on my character. I'm working on my, like the uh, Augustine, you know, pray, is praying to become more chaste. But he, you know, he always says, "But not just yet." <laughs> and uh, um, and that's the whole point of it in in Buddhism, right? You may be chanting to Amida Buddha. Uh, yeah. What is uh? What is the the mantra for that? It's like Om Mani Padme Om or something like that. Yeah, that's the that's the lotus. That's the lotus uh, one. Okay. Yeah. 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 God, um, that was that was like five years ago. No, four years ago. It's still stuck in there. <laughs> good. It's still in there somewhere, yeah. Um, that was a good course, by the way. Uh, back back in, when I took my World Religions and Philosophy course, uh, we got this, and, and I think it, it must have been like the first time you were experimenting with it, sort of a, a digital uh, course for, for uh, World Religions. What, was yeah. that the first semester that you tried it out? Um, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Are you still using that uh, that same one? No, I as much as I loved it, I think it was wonderful. There was no resale value for kids, so yeah, five dollars and congratulations, you own this now. How much was it again? Ninety five dollars. Ninety five, yeah. <sighs> and it, and it was it was just like a one used one, mm -hmm. right? One semester license, boom, gone. Yeah. They actually revised it every semester, so you had to buy a new one every oh. And so I I couldn't even if it was, which it was a real good resource. I couldn't justify doing that to people. Hmm. So I went back to Pat, Mary Pat Fisher's Living Religions. <laughs> An old mainstay, I guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, um, my friend Brian Mitchell, I, I think he's he was in the, the course this semester, uh, said he really enjoyed it still. So um, you're, you're obviously doing something right. <laughs> well, you know, the main thing is still the same, and that's uh, yours truly. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> That was that was what kept me coming back. I mean, the it actually changed quite a bit. It's got it's been a lot less of a lot less religion and a lot more philosophy. Good. Uh, so it's we're spending more time. We just finished with the problem of evil, mm. uh, which but is I, always fun for me. I th didn't we do that fairly early in the uh, in the semester back when I did it? I don't remember. Yeah, we I think we spent like a couple days on it maybe, but it came up in the context oh. of uh, of Christianity. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> sorry, folks. We're getting very inside baseball once again. Um, <clears throat> so, well, so I, I you remember it fondly, anyway. Yeah, so. I do. I do. 
and, and one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about with uh, or talk about towards the end here is um, ASMR. Are you familiar with the the concept, Doctor Webb? It or the sounds phenomenon? Familiar. Is that the uh, antibiotic resistant staph? No, I'm no, just... no, um, <laughs> no definitely <idea>. not. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's some sort of a brain phenomenon. I'm trying to find out what it uh, what it stands for here. Oh, it's a it's a synesthetic um, phenomenon. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. Um, Autonomous sensory meridian response. Yes, that. What is the uh, is the I Wikipedia article? Those words mean no. <laughs> I know what response means. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it on Wikipedia. Do you have the link, Kiki? Uh, not to Wikipedia. Interesting. Yeah, apparently it's, um, it's, it's sort of like the, the, you know, chills down your spine type of a thing, um, in a, in a very brief description. It's, it's that, that phenomenon of, you know, feeling, um, you know, a, a presence or, you know, feeling some sort of a, um, you know, that, that there is, um, you know, stimulation going on that's not uh, of any sort of physical nature. You know, it's a, like a brain response only. Um, and it's, it's something that, that I've, you know, certainly experienced before uh, during group prayer and during certain religious activities. And, uh, you know, w without ever seeing it described before, um, it was sort of like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is what God feels like or something. Um, yeah. but it's, it, it sort of goes along with what we were talking about earlier, this sort of, uh, therapeutic component to prayer that, you know, maybe there's the, the biological or the, uh, uh, physiological reason why we, we go for it is that we get this, this, you know, some sort of a payoff, like you said, Dr. Webb. And in this case, it's sort of like a pleasurable or, uh, you know, um, other, other worldly feeling that our brain generates when we're engaging in a certain activity. Well, oh. here's, oh. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but um on this website i found about that particular thing um it talks about common triggers yeah I'm looking and, at the and so many of them are are in and a religious experience like exposure to slow accented or unique speech patterns check of, you know okay <laughs> um experiencing a high empathetic or sympathetic reaction to an event check funeral uh yeah. enjoying a Enjoying a piece of art or music. Mm -hmm. uh, music is a biggie, yeah. Um, watching another person complete a task, often in a diligent or attentive manner. Like uh, ass or something. Yeah. yeah. Close personal attention from another person. Mm -hmm. uh, haircuts Confession. or other touch from another on the head or the back. Ooh. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's... Wow. So I, I would say, yeah. So the laying on of hands immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And I think huh. you're, I think you're right as, as that most people think of this experience as a sort of the, the, this is God, because that's when I started realizing that I would experience this same thing in other situations that were not religious in nature, um, you know, discovering new, scientific things I would get the same thing um sitting around in in musical circles that were not religious i would get the same feeling mm -hmm. you know just sitting around in anything where you know you were kind of on the same wavelength with everyone else well even when it wasn't religious in nature you know um 
And I started thinking like, well, you know, it can't be God in these situations. You know, these situations are the situations I've been told are, are evil. So, you know. Well. You know, and, and I mean, that was really the first thing that, that truly got me thinking about religion and kind of, you know, more, you know, scrutinizing kind of I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is something that this really... Uh... Well, you know that my, my shtick is the epistemology of religious experience. Um, and this really sort of puts a new twist on something that I was thinking, well, lots of people have been thinking uh, for a long time, which is that this sort of feeling of the presence of God or feeling of being touched by God or something like that is, uh, is possibly something else going on in the brain that has some other purpose or is maybe, you know, like a... Uh, an unintended consequence of some other thing that's going on in the brain. Precisely, yeah. And it just gets interpreted as a as an experience. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. I, you know, I don't, it looks to me like not a lot of research has really gone into this, um, you know, like official research, but um, yeah. it, it looks like it's sort of an ongoing developing thing. And, it, it, you know, it could very well turn out to be nothing or could turn out to be a different physiological um, phenomena, but it certainly, from, from what this website is describing, there certainly seems to be something about that. You know, we can yes, just, uh, from a prima facie standpoint, go, yeah, I can definitely see that. It's um, at least worth following up, sure. Sure. Well, okay. I, I'd like to leave a little bit of time here at the end to uh, to do our, our weekly form squeeze, or episodely, I guess. Um, now, Dr. Webb, you've never uh, you've never done one of these before, I'm sure, but uh, it's essentially <laughs> it's um it's I I just I'm just curious. Like before we actually tell you what it's about, what would you anticipate uh, the the action of a form squeeze to be? I don't know. It sounds kind of erotic. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah, like a like a data entry. Uh, foreplay or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, hey, baby, I'd like, how'd you like to squeeze my form? Um, <clears throat> cut that out. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll, I won't let you speculate any further. Um, I appreciate it. It is I'm essentially, uh, we, have, we have this thing called Form Spring, uh, that it is a way for our fans to ask us questions and for us to answer them on the show. So, uh, Kiki, are you, uh, are you logged in and looking at the, uh, at the questions? I've actually lost the password. Uh, so, uh, well, um, <laughs> let me just, so I'll, I'll just tell it to you real quick here. It's, no, nah, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, well, that's okay. I'll look, I'll look through them here. Um, yeah. It's all on you this time. It's all on me. So there are a couple of good ones on here. Uh, this one just, just comes completely out of nowhere, and, uh, and those are the best, I think. Is the man a job? Now, it doesn't appear to be following up on anything else that we've ever said before, so I think we should just take it completely out of context and answer it. <laughs> well, is you know, being a man a job? No, no, no. Is, is the man a is job? Is the man? Is the man well, a job? Who has now become the man, I can tell you, it's a job. It is a job. <laughs> yeah, so, and it, it is not capitalized here, so I'm not sure that's oh, exactly rats. where they're going, but it could just be, you know... Um, <laughs> flagrant uh, disregard for, for spelling conventions on, on the part of the internet, which happens uh, quite often, actually. So, I okay, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was thinking of it. Because, yes, I mean, a lot of people, you know, don't realize that, that, you know, 
being the man is is hard work and it is it yeah. requires it, constant it, diligence the credit we deserve um, man you have to you have to you have to keep the black man down it's <laughs> so difficult that's a 24 7 job it right is. There. yeah that requires a lot of uh, bureaucratic massaging right there yeah um <clears throat> anyways uh let's see what's another good one on here can a person change if their environment never changes? Now this is, okay, this sort of gets at a, at a classic philosophical question of, uh, you know, whether the, a person develops from nature or nurture, whether we're sort of set in stone from the moment we're born or whether we sort of develop uh, over time. And I think biology has taught us that it's, a, it's sort of a combination of both. So let's say you're born in a white room and you don't experience anything other than that white room can you change hmm can your personality well, change here's a boring reason can to you think even you have, have one <laughs> <If you laughs> yeah well there's a there's a problem okay but here's a boring reason to think that you can change and that is that as long as you're alive and you're a biological organism and you're growing you're changing already yeah and the substrate for your personality whether it's your icky brain or whatever is changing so, but maybe not in an interesting way. I mean, if the if the question is, can your character change? Yeah. So let's say if you know the the same, uh, you're sort of born in the because it, whenever it seems like whenever you add any sort of you know intelligence or difference or or chaos to the mix, yes, obviously you are going to change. Uh, but to have a completely static environment, uh, that's you know anything more interesting than you know just a box. <laughs> it, it seems like you would be introducing, uh, you know, artificial changes into the into the question. Is there any is there any way? Like, let's just thought experiment it. Is there any way that we could, you know, test this idea? It'll never get past the human subjects committee. <laughs> well, yeah. obviously, but let's let's say that we're in a um, a slightly amoral society. How about a completely amoral society? Let's say we're aperture science. Yay! <laughs> And uh, and we have complete control over our, our test subjects, and uh, you know, an, an unfeeling AI administering them all. Uh, how would we how would we design an experiment to test for for personality change with environment? Hmm. <laughs> I guess well, first we have to operationalize what we mean by static environment. Okay. Um, so physically uh, unchanging, right? Yeah. So does that mean no? Um, no other people ever come and go. Right, because um, other people would, uh, with developed personalities, I guess, would potentially introduce changes into the mix. Yeah. You would have to have some sort of way of, of you know, feeding the test subject in a completely <laughs> uh, bland, <laughs> uh, reproducible nature. <laughs> like, you know, a, a school... Big bottles that the <laughs> hamster drinks out of. <laughs> right. That's always at the same water level, <laughs> no matter what. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the problems with the, even with fantasizing these things is, and you may remember this actually from world religions when we were talking about human nature. Oh yeah, yeah. To get at what's real human nature. If you design something that's sort of too sterile and doesn't include other people and all that, it's not normal human anymore. Mm. Yeah. So what you might get is a, a kind of pathological human. And that doesn't tell you anything about yeah 
what's normal for humans. It just tells you, okay, this is how humans develop in this environment, not not necessarily in in an arbitrary environment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's you know, and I I'm a firm believer in the concept that there is no such thing as a normal human. Uh, just, you know, there's the average human, and we can sort of describe the the uh, the average as normal. But I, you know, I think that there are generalizable qualities that you know carry through and and are unchanging, or or sort of you know provide the basis for personality development. I, th- I think you know psychology and and physiology have have sort of shown that. Uh, but there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of room for the human being to to change him or herself on their own. So you're yeah. an existentialist, huh? Hmm. I'm a what? Existentialist. Uh yeah, yeah, definitely. Your degree is hereby revoked. Uh well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't have that authority. No, but. you don't. I, I actually, <laughs> you you have already conveyed my degree upon me, good sir. Uh, actually, not even you, the the boss man above you, you know, the man, as it were. The man. That's right. <clears throat> has, Such has, a good job. Has seen fit to provide me with a piece of paper certifying that I am a bachelor of philosophy and philosophy. <clears throat> With all the rights and uh, privileges there unto appertaining. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I, would, I would say that I'm, I'm pretty much a secular humanist existentialist. Although I, I despise most existential literature. Yeah, so, that's good. As, as any good existentialist should, I believe. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, existentialism would be great if it weren't for all those damn existentialists. <laughs> Word. Exactly. Word, my sister. <laughs> okay, so that's that. I think we've we've kind of talked that one out. Let's pick one more. Oh, I have to I have to say. Okay, this one was answered in episode eighty nine. Okay. Um, uh, have we talked about the incest question before, Kiki? I forget. Uh, I don't think we have. Mm. What's the question? If incest <laughs> is consensual, is it okay? Ah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, you have to, of course, be consensual of age. So I'm going to assume they meant of age as well. I, I would assume so, but let's just yeah. go yeah. with plain vanilla let's incest. Let's assume that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's say let's say you know the the respective parties are eighteen and twenty respectively. So thoughts, well, opinions. <laughs> I think it's okay. I'll I'll lay it out there. I think okay. Yeah. Really wrong. I mean, and why why is that, Doctor Webb? Um, well, because there's no harm. There's just no there's no harm. Oh, yeah. so uh, so you're a um, oh, what is what is it? So you're a consequentialist. Take that back. No, no. Uh, I guess I'm mostly a consequentialist. But You're a, I, uh, I, a million, a million consequentialist. I was thinking in, you know, of harm in a broader sense. So, so it's not just consequences. You know, you can harm somebody's reputation, or you, or well, maybe it is consequentialist, but it's not. Uh, what's the word? Like hedonistic or eudaimonistic oh, okay. or anything. It's just uh, there are harms that don't have anything to do with feeling. With feelings, <laughs> okay, so. but I think most deontologists would say no. Uh, let's. Oh God, I I was going to try to formulate a categorical imperative. 
but I completely, I know like generally how it goes, but I completely forget the actual process. <laughs> if Schaller were here, he would, he would slap me. Um, yeah. He'd revoke your degree. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would definitely. Yeah. Is his color still pink? I heard it might be changing. Oh yeah, it no, is. It's still he's pink. Still okay. Raving pink, absolutely. I heard he like experimented with green for a certain extent. Yeah, I think he's got some greens. Yeah, some yeah. Sort of celery green. Kind but he of. is he is way too much too far invested in pink to go back yeah. now. Like I, I think ninety percent so. of his wardrobe is pink. Yeah, once you go pink, you never go back. Or never go black. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, okay. I think I should just end it there. This, these, <laughs> these seg lames are getting, uh, are getting worse and worse. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. So, uh, well, we didn't really come to any conclusions about prayer today, but that's not really what philosophy is about. So I hope you enjoyed Especially our philosophy. <laughs> exactly. So I hope you enjoyed our meanderings and, uh, and, uh, Dr. Webb had your first form squeeze feel. Erotic. Okay, wonderful. Uh, just let's just leave it there. You don't. No need to describe. I'm very glad I had you turn off your video at the beginning of this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you if you would like to add your uh, questions to the fray, uh, we are always listening at formspring.me/badphilosophy. Um, Kiki, thank you for joining us on the show once again. Always. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Webb, thank you for coming back. I, it took us a few times to get uh, a schedule that worked out, but. Uh, we would love to have you back for the hundredth episode. Do you think you might be able to make it? I would. I would burn heaven and earth to be on the hundredth episode of Bad Philosophy. F- wonderful. Well, we will. Uh, we will broadcast from hell, and uh, <laughs> and Doctor Webb will be there. <laughs> You're going to Georgia for the hundredth episode. <laughs> oh, seems kind of lame. But it, sh- <laughs> Kiki Cannon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Google search voice of Kiki. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Try the meal. Try the meal. Uh, and uh, Dr. Webb, where can, where can folks find your uh, your works on the interwebs? Uh, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard question, actually. Is um, it? Yeah. I'm you having, mean you don't have a Twitter? I don't have a Twitter. I don't tweet. I have a Facebook page. Okay. Is it public-facing, or would you prefer people not know about it? I prefer to keep it under my hat. That's where the that's where the form <laughs> squeezing happens, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just keep that under wraps for now. Then. Well, I you do, can. Uh, uh, I do have a web page, but it's woefully out of date because they went and changed every changed the software systems around here, and I have not ascertained how to get in there. So, <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, uh, Luddite. So, if you, you uh, I'm pretty sure if you do a Google search for uh, for Mark Webb and then uh, philosophy of religion or just you know philosophy in general, you will probably find something. In fact, let me uh, let me see what actually comes up when we uh, when I Google that Mark Webb philosophy searching. 146,000 results. Oh, and the top one is your philosophy page at, uh, at Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, the philosophy department faculty, uh, your LinkedIn profile, TTU.academia, really? Me too. Okay. Is academia like uh, Facebook for academics? Yeah, only lots weaker and lots less functioning. <laughs> oh, so. God, there's a story from a talk I gave in Oklahoma a long time ago. Wow. Professor justifies urban legends. Yeah, huh. yeah. Oh, and you've even talked about urban legends or or we have on the show i think we have that's yeah. right 
Oh, fantastic. Well, okay, so Google Mark Webb philosophy, and you will find everything that you could ever possibly want to know about the gentleman. Um, Dr. Webb, it's been a pleasure. Kiki, as well. Thank you all for being here. And thank, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can find us on the web at uh, twitter.com slash badphilosophy. And, uh, well, you know, maybe you can pray and uh, if uh, you would like us to come back for another episode. So we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Deal me good cards and I'll handle the man. We'll take their money while they take a bath. I'll show them my hand and you'll show them your wrath. Oh Lord, help me take money from my friends. I would love to be on Jeopardy. Except, you know, the, if I did, the categories would be things like U.S. vice presidents and, you know, <laughs> South American capitals and stuff. I, what do I know? Yeah. As, you know, as Socrates would say, uh, nothing. I truly know nothing. <laughs> That's right. Except I don't even know that. So. Yes, but I don't even <laughs> still got one on me. <laughs> what I know is an unknown unknown. Or a known unknown. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> You're not good with words, are you? Screw it! (laughs) We'll do it live! So poke them with sticks And crush them with stones Chew them up, good Lord And spit out their bones Make my riches grow And let those bitches know That you hate them and love them Yes, but you know what never happened to me once when I was a kid, despite all the anti-drug things? No one ever came up to me and was like, come on, you want some crack? You know you want some crack. crack." (laughs) Never once. You know, Kiki, that just means that the drug campaign worked. No. (laughs) No, no, that's that's the only only logical explanation. Badphilosophy.com. Wonder what I said.